going on? It's Quinn Davis Furnace. Welcome to my show. Quinn Davis Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, March 1st, 2020. What's going on? How are you? This is exciting. First leap year podcast in Beantown Podcast history. It maybe maybe would have been more appropriate to have recorded yesterday on the actual leap day, February 29th, but it's it's exciting regardless. Uh, I was um, when I was a, when I was younger, and I'm not talking about like grade school. I'm talking until like two years ago. I um, I always really struggled. I don't know if anyone out there can identify with this, but I always really struggled to remember if February was 27 days and then 28th with a leap day, or 28 and then 29 with a leap day. I feel pretty confident. Now that I've, I've, I've got it sorted out in my head that it's just normal four weeks, boom, just like that, easy peasy, cover girl, breezy, a uh, man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Um, I think I've, I think I figured it out finally. So we're in good shape there. I know a lot of you were worrying. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Um, but. This is Quinn David Furness, and this is my show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, a quick update on uh, the, the pledge drive. Uh, pledge drive month is over, which is exciting. We're still waiting on one check in the mail. It looks like we're going to hit uh, right about $400 exactly, uh, which will be great. It'll be a $100 donation going to JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund here in Chicago. And um, donor prizes. Very exciting. I've got it all set up here. So I actually, uh, with with the, the photo printing, because everybody who don- donates $10 is getting an autographed photo of me in the mail, and I got some other goodies in there that I'm throwing in. Um, but I had to wait. I, I, you know, I do these photos online because I can get a, you know, a kind of bulk, really cheap price. And so I, it's, it probably took about two two weeks or so but the the pictures arrived in the mail. Uh, I got some stamps and um, had some envelopes from something else. I, I don't remember if it was I purchased them for last year's pledge drive or, or what. But I have lots and lots of envelopes. So I'm working on that tonight. Getting the envelopes stuffed, addressed, sent out. They'll be sent out sometime this week. And uh, you know. You know I mean it when I say they're going out this week. Unlike some other people say they're going to send something and then it hasn't happened yet. And no, I'm not talking about Matt Fiedler. Some of you probably thought you knew where that was about to go. Uh, No, it's actually going to lead into my, partially into the first thing I wanted to talk about here. And it's it's going to lead into one thing and then what I'm actually going to talk about is tangentially related. But uh, I do some educational consulting, education consulting, college application consulting, um, through, uh, two, two, two kind of different things that I do, uh, but, but similar work with, with both, although one, and I'm going to get to in a second, there isn't much work to actually speak up and won't be. Um, but one I've worked with for a couple of years, they pay a crazy amount of money. Like they set the rate um, I didn't even, when they first told me the number and I, I won't share it, it is, but when they first told me the number, I was like, there's gotta be a typo or something. Um, you know, like six too many zeros, 
but uh, they 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 um, I so I do my work for them in December, November, December every year, right? Because that's right when college applications are, are getting ramped up. So I did I did about an hour's worth of work for those guys. Um, they're based out of Manhattan uh in uh, early november before early decision applications are due and then i did a lot more work a lot more even than i did last year uh for those guys with one student um out on the east coast in december um right around christmas time you know leading up to um the regular decision deadline which is the first of the year for a lot of colleges well first things first i'm not panicking but i haven't been paid yet well, the reason I'm not panicking is because it took a while last year before I got paid. But then I got paid, and everything was fine. It's great. Um, essentially, when I finished my work for these guys in late December, they said, uh, just, you know, cash flow reasons. Is it okay if we pay you with one check in February, one check in March? I said, okay, that's fine. Um, and I was actually I was talking to somebody about this last night. Normally in, in my life up to this point, that's a situation where it's like, yeah, completely fine. I don't care. You know, as long as you get the money, we're good. I'm starting to reach a point, and and the dollar amounts on these checks are starting to reach the point. And and just as I've gotten more sort of uh, financially savvy, investment savvy, etc., um, where you know you, you take a check for a couple thousand dollars which is, is what these two checks will add up to when we get there, a couple thousand dollars. And um, you start to realize, hey, you know, I've got, a, you know, I've got my, my online savings account with Goldman Sachs. That's running, you know, one point. Uh, it's, it's way down. Um, it, it used to be way higher than that, but it currently is at 1.7% um, yield rate. So, you know, we're looking at, you know, normally not a big deal, but all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hey, well, there's, you know, not not a hundred dollars you're missing out on, but but you know, in, in that range between you know just chump change and, and actual real real money, um, or you know you throw it into a CD or something, you're going to get a lot more than that, or you throw it out of the stock market, and and certainly not right now because the stocks are on fire. You're gonna not going to get much right now, but um, in the future, uh, what I'm actually trying to get at with this story has nothing to do with this company actually though. Um, yeah, I'd love to get paid and, and hopefully that will happen soon. I have not received the first of those two checks yet. Uh, the last thing I'll say, I emailed them not this past Friday, but you know, 10 days ago and just was like, Hey, just checking in, yo. Um, uh, I, I wrote yo in my email just to make it seem like I wasn't coming on that strong. Um, and they said, we're on a business trip right now. Cause I have my one contact, um, who I who I communicate with for everything through that company, and they're like, "We'll get back to you uh, next week," which was this past week. No email, so we're gonna see. We're playing it by ear here. Uh, I'm still. I'm not worried about not getting paid. Um, I was the very first time that this time last year, or and I had been paid at this point already. But uh, I was concerned about not getting paid because just the the price they advertised was like, oof. But the work I did is legitimate. It's all good. Like. I'll get paid. What I'm actually trying to get at the story is there's a second company that I did a very minimal amount of work with this year, and I'll give you just a quick rundown here. Uh, but before I do that, I'll mention that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Although I think we got a good slate going up today. I'm going to try to be efficient 
with our time together here today. I, there's not going to be a lot of fluff because I got uh, a bunch of things I want to mention. No one big, like, wild story that's going to involve a big setup and, you know, 15 minutes of this happened and that happened. Um, but just a, a lot of little things that I'm going to that I'm gonna get to. So, no, this is not a filler episode. This is kind of vintage um, solo Quinn Beantown. And you don't have one specific topic you're talking about, but it's good regardless. At least that's how I feel. Um, so this other company, based out of London, I think, actually. I, w- I was thinking it was Beijing, but I think it's London. So, no, I don't think it's been affected by the coronavirus. Um, they contact me on LinkedIn. They're like HR head. And this is just another um, educational. They they brand themselves as an education tech company, um, but the work that they do is education consulting. Same thing, high schoolers, you know, typically wealthy um, Far East Asian high school students studying in the United States. Their parents have all the money in the world. Like my favorite Kevin Spacey movie, right, guys? Remember when that was like the big story in Hollywood? Not Kevin Spacey per se, but but all the all the money in the world you remember that great movie um such a such a fascinating story the way he got booted and um Christopher Plummer took over and then got the Oscar nom it was so cool um feels old at this point but that was what 2017 16 maybe um this this so this HR lady who's young you know probably 30 something like that she reaches out to me on LinkedIn probably November early December, maybe late November, something like that. And we end up, you know, she's given me a, just a rundown on what they're doing and, and that she wants me to come work with them. And, you know, this is all just like gig based, just part-time consultant stuff. None of this is like, Oh, Quinn's, Quinn's moving into consulting full time. No, this is just, um, stuff on the side they do on weekends and stuff. Um, we, we played, uh, tag, tag, T A G. Uh, on LinkedIn and with like emails and stuff, trying to get you know a video call or something set up. Just and the the, the this call. So we're trying to establish this, this Zoom, you know, Skype call, whatever. And it's being branded by her as just an opportunity to learn more about the company, what you know, what working with them would be like, yada yada yada. So I, I actually wasn't even looking to pick this up. Um, and, you know, they, they sought me out, et cetera. But I'm like, you know what, it, it doesn't hurt to at least, you know, talk to this person for 15 minutes and learn more about what they're doing and see what kind of um, opportunity exists in that space for me. So I end up going on a video call eventually with this lady, and it turns it, – it's absolutely not <laughs> – it's not an informational chat. It goes from here's here's what we do, and here's what you know we we would be looking for. To okay, so you can start tomorrow, right? Here's this and this and this. You have to send me by the end of today. Um, when I describe it like that, it makes it sound very scammy. Um, I don't think this company is a or or was a scam. But let me proceed through the story here. So I'm like. I wasn't, you know, and I, I was definitely, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way, um, how this whole thing just went down. But I'm like, it's not, you know, no one's trying to scam me out of anything. It's just strange how they chose to proceed through this. So uh, I do all that. You set up like an online 
profile and stuff and an intro video to, you know, you know, so that students you're going to work with can see and all that stuff. And I go, you know, you go through this huge long questionnaire, like all the different things that you can um, do. Because this company provides a lot more than just high school counseling or, or high school application um, consulting, you know, they'll do like MCAT stuff or there's specific like CPA exam stuff that they, you know, at least as part of this questionnaire for them. So I do all, all that. And, you know, for me, it's just, you know, high school, ACT, essay writing, SAT, you know, e- application consulting, that sort of stuff, the, the stuff that I know um, with, with my, my master's in education um, or master's in education policy. So after I've set it all up, I get in touch with the uh, or the CEO of the company, Dawson. Dawson contacts me and is like, hey, we've got this Chinese company. It can be a big hit for you because essentially the way it works is this consulting company now that I'm working with is going to funnel me to this Chinese consulting company. They're the ones based out of Beijing, and they um, contract students and stuff. So it's kind of like double middleman. Um, but I'm like, okay, whatever. So then from there on, I just start working with this Chinese company and it's this whole big thing. So I got to download WeChat, which I still have on my phone. I got to, I got to dump it because I feel like those Chinese are spying on us. Um, quick sidebar, we're, China's kicking our ass and everything. And I, I said this earlier today in family chat, but you know, coronavirus, they, they built a wall way better than ours. And they hosted the 2018 Olympics. They're hosting the Olympics this summer if they happen. And they're hosting the 2022 Olympics. So three straight. Good one, China. Um, it's a whole big thing trying to work with this Chinese tech company because there's like this other thing that they want me to download. Essentially what it is is I'm giving a, a PowerPoint and it's this whole big thing. I could talk about this for an hour. I'm not going to. Um, but I have to give a PowerPoint to this company and they're like students and families virtually but but do a powerpoint on my phone um and they want a 60 minute information session on tips for getting into northwestern university which is just like i could do a a clean succinct presentation on that in five minutes and you'd get all the information you need so Yada, yada, yada. I prepare this PowerPoint. It's probably like eight or nine slides because how much is there to say? Um, and the, the company is like, oh, we need to make sure this is an hour long. And I was like, okay, I'll stretch it. Fine. They didn't. They really didn't want me to use the PowerPoint. So like, you need to add more slides. And I was like, well, tough, tough shit, Sherlock. Um, then trying to get the, the tech, the software... It was also because you're working with these people in Beijing. So I was con- I was consistently waking up at 6 a.m. more more than a handful of times to like test out software because they always wanted to do software tests to make sure everything was good to go. The big day finally comes. It's like the third week of December or something. I wake up at 6 a.m., which is you know whatever like 10 p.m. Beijing time or something to give this presentation. I do it. I kill it. Do it for the hour, etc. And the way the way it had worked with this company back in um, London is they're like, okay, after you finish, just tell us the hours you worked. Um, we'll bill you. We'll be good. So I I could have billed this company for at least five or six hours, 
Um, but I decided, you know, three, okay. One hour, um, and, and it's, I think it's very reasonable one hour for the, um, developing this, this PowerPoint, right. I had to create this out of thin air, which is a lot more challenging than you might think. Uh, one hour for all the software testing, which in reality I probably spent four or five hours on and then one hour for the actual presentation because it was actually an hour. Um, so, so three hours. So I, 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 I'm talking to Dawson over WeChat and I tell him three, it worked three hours. My rate wasn't even that exorbitant for this one. Um, like one an hour or something like that. And, um, Dawson and I get into this whole big thing. He says, we're only paying you for one hour because the presentation was one hour. I, um, I gave him a piece of my mind over WeChat. Um, and uh, was pissed off because, man, because I, I, I was way underselling the hours that I actually did. And then he was cutting it off by 67%. Yada, yada, yada. I get paid for the one hour. So I made 160 bucks off of this. I then left them a bad review on the internet. And I was just kind of, I had never heard back from them anything else. Um, was perusing and they are like scrubbed from the internet now. Um, I hadn't done anything with them. Well, I hadn't worked with them since since the, I got into the big argument with them. And then, um, so I hadn't, you know, interacted with them for, you know, two months or so. And then I was just looking this past week. They're just gone. Like, just completely off the internet. Impossible to find. Um I don't really know what happened. I think I might at some point reach out to the HR person because I never had a bad relationship with the original person, um, unlike the CEO who was a turd. But um, yeah, just they're just gone. So made 160 bucks off of that, and I probably put in, I don't know, 11, 12 hours. So it's a killer rate. It's still better than minimum wage. So. That was the uh, Chinese consulting company. You got to be careful with the Chinese. Um, I uh, moving ahead here. I was in Minnesota this past week for work. Drove up there. Actually stopped in Madison on Tuesday. Had lunch with a dear friend of the podcast and our most recent guest appearance, Ryan Austin English. We went to lunch in Madison at the uh, something something diner east side of town old truck stop kind of a cool place had a very underwhelming breakfast burrito but that's okay then i went up and had uh, a lovely supper a homemade supper courtesy of aunt wendy and uncle andy who has uh been on the podcast a couple of times before once maybe twice uh, and as i say that i'm sipping for my jack links feed your wild side jacklinks.com travel mug we're still in hot pursuit of that sponsorship deal. One of these days, just you wait. Uh, but but Aunt Wendy cooked a delicious wild rice soup with homemade bread and peanut butter cookies. They were delicious. Uncle Andy re-upped my jerky stash. Everyone's got to have a good jerky stash. If you don't have one, you're missing out. I'm king of the corners up here. I'm slinging jerky. Real resale baby. Uh, and then I drove to Minnesota. That was a long day. It was about nine hours of driving. Um, but while I was in Minnesota, 
I did not see the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Um, I did go to the Mall of America. I think that was my first time ever. Um, it, it was interesting. It's pretty much what you'd expect. Gigantic mall. They say four floors, but there's really only stuff on three floors. And then a uh, theme park in the middle. It's like a Nickelodeon-themed theme park. The one thing you gotta you got to watch out for with malls is when you walk in there as a single man by yourself who's not old enough to have kids and you're just kind of there and you're not really shopping, just sipping on your caribou coffee. I love caribou coffee, man. Um, I, I didn't get many weird looks, but just like, because I, I just wanted to be there to experience it. Never seen it before. You know, people always talk about it. Um, I wanted to see just how big and grand it was. But you got to be careful. It's, uh, you know, as, a, as, a, as a, a single white male, we face a lot of persecution in today's trying times. Just look, just, just keep your head on a swivel. For all you guys out there, it's turning into the Tim Allen podcast. While I was in Minnesota, I had a crazy dream. One of those dreams, and this doesn't happen to me very often these days, probably only a couple of times a year, but one of those just extremely lucid dreams where I was, get this, Amy Klobuchar's campaign manager. But I was like completely woke to the fact that Amy Klobuchar's campaign never stood a chance from the beginning, even though I love Amy, and this isn't there's nothing against uh, Amy here. Um, I like her. I wish she'd win the nomination. She's not going to though. She's not that popular. Um, but man, it was weird. I think I got into a shouting match with Amy about the fact that she's like maybe gonna win Minnesota. And everywhere else, she gets, like, seventh place. So, good luck, Amy. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those dreams that was just very, very real, though. And it's very real that Amy Klobuchar... I mean, th- this is an interesting point, and I won't, um, I, I won't uh, linger on this for too long. Linger, L-I-N-G-E-R. But politic or, 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 or primary campaigns are really interesting to me in terms of when do candidates decide to hang it up and when do they keep it going? Particularly, so I'm not talking about Bernie and Biden. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not talking about the candidates who have a clear shot at winning. What I'm talking about is candidates like, and Steyer just, just hung it up what this morning, I think. Um, but Klobuchar, or Tulsi Gabbard, I think, is the perfect example for this. So at what point is it like you're really not ra- raising much money? You're kind of just, it's, it's you know, and, and if you told this to a candidate to their face, they'd, they'd push back on this. But in reality, you're, you're wasting money. Uh, it's not like it's taxpayer dollars or anything. It's, it's donations. But you're wasting those donations. Because what's the point when you get to, it's March 1st, Super Tuesday is in two days. You're not, like, there's no, 
this isn't like the underdog Cinderella in the in the March Madness tournament that makes this crazy run and all of a sudden they got a shot. You don't have a shot. There's no reality. Like you don't go from pulling at zero point one percent, which is where Tulsi Gabbard is. Cause not only is she, you know, from Hawaii, which good luck, but people hate her. Republicans hate her, Democrats hate her. You can't win an election when everybody hates you. That's it's just a, it's, it's not how uh, human existence works. So for someone like Tulsi Gabbard, who's been in the race for a very long time and is still in the race, I know this information might be shocking to you, but Tulsi Gabbard is still running for president. What like what's the what's happening at this point? Because you've already Tulsi Gabbard's like fifteen minutes of fame window. In this uh, primary season, way past. I mean, we're t- that was like four months ago when she got a national attention. She's not on the debate stage anymore. She's winning one percent of the vote if you round up. There's, I mean, she can't be raising much money. So at this point, you know, it, it's you know purely a um, advertisement slash PR sort of thing. Especially for someone like Tulsi, who's not, you know, you're not taking voters away from somebody. So there's really no strategic, as far as I can tell, um, campaign aspect to it. If if there's a political scientist out there, because I never took a poli-sci class in college, um, and you want to chime in on sort of what... And you, you, it's probably easier to develop an argument for someone like Klobuchar currently than it than it is for Gabbard. But if somebody could explain to us, because I, I think I'm a pretty intelligent person as far as campaigns go and that sort of stuff, but I don't get it. I just, why, it's March 1st and Tulsi Gabbard still has an active presidential campaign. Um... Is she like on the ground? Is she giving speeches? I'm just thinking like if she goes out to a Super Tuesday state and shows up for a, a rally or a speech, it would be like the scene in Spinal Tap when they play at the festival, second bill to the puppet show, and they do the freeform jazz odyssey written by Derek Smalls on bass. I just, what's the point? Like, don't you have work to do? You're a senator. So I I don't know. If you know, if you have some intel that we don't have, please head to uh, our email, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, podcast at yahoo.com. I had some rhythm to it. I like that. Um, And please let us know what's going on because I I actually don't understand. I don't don't know. Uh, You can also tweet at us. We're at beantowncast. My personal Twitter is at whitebuns. Follow us on uh, Facebook or like us on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram at Q.QueenD. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Queen David Furness, and head to beantownpodcast.com for all the latest news regarding merchandise, Beantown blog, and um, we're going to be launching something. I don't have a timeline for it, so I can't tell you soon, but I have my next project in mind for what's happening on beantownpodcast.com. There's lots more for me to get to here, but let's take a, a little breather here and read some ads. And again, I promise no fat on this podcast we're we're plowing ahead here um yeah we're gonna read some ads and i just got a couple other uh tidbits for you 
and um, then I'll let you. I'll let you go early. Wasn't that always a fun thing in college when you get out of class early? It's a real breath of fresh air. It's amazing how much influence um, the uh, power of the professor has on your uh, mental happiness as well as your physical happiness. Um, okay, Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for letter? Let's start over, shall we? Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both Contractor certified and home inspection certified. I put the and in all caps so you know to emphasize it. So you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of build, big real estate wrangle hold, and my goodness, aren't we all on the home inspection market and you want a safe certified home inspector you can trust, you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or you could visit homeprideorgan.com for all you millennials and Gen Zers out there. Again, that's 541-410-0316 or visit HomePrideOregon.com. HomePrideOregon inspection perfection. Shout out to the Samson Q2U series. Crisp, clean audio quality. We're getting into the Easter season here. It's Lent and there's a whole lot of biblical stuff happening. Ash Wednesday was this past week, this past Wednesday, right? I think. I don't know. I never got into the whole... uh, Ash Wednesday thing. Although I I did have to play services for Ash Wednesday in college. Um, and they would just like, without my consent, put the ashes on my forehead because I'd be sitting in the corner playing piano. And they'd come by with the ashes. And you can't be like, oh, no, no ashes for me. Like, I'm not a Christian. I just play for the Christian service every week. Um, but I would always go to the bathroom afterwards and wash it off because it just felt silly walking around with it. Not from like a, I think people are going to look at me differently perspective, but I'm just like, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you play. I don't want to be walking around the city with charcoal smattered on my forehead. I don't, I don't need it. Like, unnecessary. Um, but, you know, as we get closer to Easter... That Samson Q2U series is going to be pulling a lot more biblical talk because we always talk about Passover uh, uh, around Easter time and how it's just one of the real big dick moves that God pulls in the Bible. From Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy all the way to Acts and Revelation, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Uh, Okay. Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, just a little different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815 298 or you can email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that is cutesy. Q at yahoo.com. Sing it with us. 
Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Cuts by Q. All right. Um, I had an interesting experience, I suppose, um, regarding a former coworker and uh, maybe some some hurt feelings. I, I don't know. So I, I used to work at Northwestern University in their Office of Admissions, and I was never super close to um, my, my coworkers up there. I was just busy, you know, um, working 35 hours a week, going to class every night after work. Uh, just, you know, I, didn't, I never got super close to my coworkers there, and I never felt that welcome, speaking candidly, um, for a brief moment at Northwestern. Um, but that's as much on me, probably, as it is on anything else. So one, one coworker who was always kind to me, and we had a, a fine relationship, coworkers, friends, occasionally, um, not, never, I don't think we ever hung out one-on-one outside of the office, but, you know, go out in groups and stuff. Um, and I, for probably like a two or three month period, we just had, you know, a, a casual Facebook messenger conversation going about nothing in particular. I think it was around Oscar season, if I remember correctly. Um, cause we were both into, um, movies at the time and I still am. And I don't know if she is, but I was on a dating app this past week and found her and uh, caught me off guard just because I haven't haven't talked to her, I haven't seen her since I left Northwestern, I don't think. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and she got the thing where you link your Instagram profile. So I go down, I scroll down, and just looking through some of her pictures, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to date this person. But I should follow her on Instagram. So, and you probably already have a good idea of where this one's going. I go to Instagram can't find the profile. Well, something's not right because I know she has an Instagram profile because it's physically linked to her dating app. So pull up my incognito browser, Google her name plus Instagram. Course comes up right away. First hit, get the handle, go back to my Instagram profile, punch it in. No results found. So Yours truly uh, was was blocked by this person. So I'm thinking, man, I must have said something or done something at some point, and I just blocked it out. Because uh, let's be real, when you, you, know, you do stuff that you're not proud of, at least for me, maybe it's just because I'm an awful person, but oftentimes you just like to mentally block it out. So I pull up our, uh, our Facebook message conversation. Which is the only only way we ever communicated, um, right? Not um, I don't even think I I have this person's number, and I can't find it in my phone, so I don't I don't think I do. I go through all the entire Facebook message uh, or conversation, like two months worth, and looking for something, especially towards the end, like did I say something? Like how did we end this? Why why did the conversation end? Nothing, just boring basic talk. Oh, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I saw it. I really liked it. Oh, I liked most of it. This part didn't do it for me. Oh, that was good. What are you seeing? What are you going to see next? Oh, maybe this one. That sort of conversation. Um, so I don't know. And uh, for the second time in this podcast, I really just have no answers. I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, I don't really care 
it doesn't change my life in any way. It's just strange to be preemptively blocked. And you might be thinking, well, what's the, what's, what's the cause of this? Let's dig in like a dentist. Let's find the root, root, R-O-O-T, of the issue. Um, I had one theory that's not strong at all um, because it hinges around a, a, a person who um, is kind of tough to, to get a read on, but the type of person who wouldn't go around, you know, bad-mouthing people. Um, but I was sharing this story with, um, a friend, uh, I was getting a drink with, with this friend Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night, um, after work. And it wasn't a, it wasn't an alcoholic drink. And I'll talk about that in one second here. But, um, and he brought up someone else, a sort of third party dark horse, candidate person i used to be romantically involved with who also used to work in northwestern um who hasn't for four years at this point um who i didn't think really knew this person uh or the the person who has blocked me but perhaps they did i don't know i'm thinking maybe they're just um after uh after things bottomed out between me and this third party person i'm wondering because frankly this third-party person is the type of person who would go around uh, saying lots and lots and lots of stuff, um, whether it's true or not. So I think, I, think that's our, I, think they, I think that's our lead at this point, but it doesn't matter, um, and I'm not going to dwell on it. I just thought it was an interesting thing to share. Uh, speaking of not drinking, um, I haven't talked about this much on the podcast, but this is day 61 uh, of Dry January for me entire month of january entire month of february with the leap day and now we're on march 1st Uh, no alcohol um it started off just because dry january that's tradition now you might be asking okay why you might be you know thinking okay why why is he actually doing it because january's over is he just you know craving attention what has he got to prove no the the true answer and it's this straightforward there's the, in dry January, it's very much like, oh, not drinking, like it's tradition, won't do it, whatever. But after that, and, and for the entire month of February, it was never like, oh, well, it's, it's tradition, I'm just extending it. What, it. what it really comes down to is I'm, I'm trying to drop weight right now, and I, I, I have um, this year so far, but I'm trying to, to do more. And I plateaued the last two weeks or so. And it's it's totally my fault. It's not some big mystery. It, it's my fault. But you consider if you start throwing liquid calories back into the mix, and you've been, I'm very scientific with this one variable at a time kind of guy. Um, you are inevitably gonna you're you're gonna bounce back up. So, and that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, not drinking currently. March 1st, still have not had a drink yet this year. I also, um, actually, I haven't had a slice of pizza yet this year either. And I, I also, I haven't had sex yet this year, which that last one is unrelated to the first two. But still, it's good to just be aware of, cognizant of, for the fans, I think. You know, I feel like that, uh, that albino monk 
in the Da Vinci Code. Remember that guy? Guy was messed up, man. That scene got, or that 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 film got pretty uh, pretty graphic at times. I think I saw it once. Um, last thing here before uh, we finish up, and um, it's kind of a strange one. It's kind of not a long story. It's just a quick little thing, but something I've never experienced before for something I've been doing for a long time. I go to the gym after uh, after work on Saturday. I had to work on Saturday, six-day work week, and get into the gym, go to the locker room right away to change, right, because I'm going to go around a 5K. And I open up, excuse me, I open up the door, I walk in, and lo and behold, this isn't the unusual part, there's a guy there getting changed, and now enter the unusual part. His presumably girlfriend or female friend of some sort is just sitting there. They're just talking in the men's locker room. And I'm just like, I don't say anything. I just walk past him. I go to my normal spot. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I don't even think you need a verbal hint or cue or you do one of these, <coughs> the overdramatic throat clears, you'd think that the, the female would just, I'm out kind of actions. That was not the case. I start to undress to change from my suit and tie into my, my running clothes. And she's just there. Just They're just chatting. She's got her phone out, you know, probably playing Angry Birds. Young ones do that these days. And they're just chatting. And I, you know, I've got places to be. i got stuff to do. So I'm not, I'm not about to, you know, stop what I'm doing. So I just go, I do my total change, which involves being naked. Because it's, it's the locker room, right? And by the time I got out of there, she was still there. They were still there. This just seems like, here. here's what I'm getting at with this story. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. It doesn't negatively affect me in any way. But isn't it just weird? i never heard of this before. Have you ever had this situation before? I'm asking the listeners out there. Um, if you have, let us know. Because this was a total first for me. And, I, and a first and probably multiple thousand, not well, around a thousand times going into a locker, more than a thousand times. I've been at this for a while, 25 years old in two weeks. Um, birthday podcast coming up in two weeks with no wine. It's going to be a new one this year. Um, we'll find maybe get an edible. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that actually. Um, we'll see. But um, my last point I'll make in this story, and I'm not trying to make any sort of principled um Stand, and I'm not even saying this is right or this is wrong. But could you imagine if it was uh, the gender revol- re- uh, gender roles were reversed? If I was just if I was dating somebody, and I was just chilling out in the ladies' locker room, which I mean, inherently you would never get me in there. But if I was, and another lady walked in and started getting naked, like, I mean, I don't know all the legal. 
rules regarding, um, you know, genders and locker rooms and stuff, but I feel pretty confident, confidently that it's like probably unless there's some emergency situation is probably like pretty straightforward, illegal to just be hanging out in the, the locker room of the opposite sex. I'm no lawyer. I just work at a law school. I just, I just enforce the law. I don't make it or practice it, but that just seems like, okay. It's just kind of a bizarre thing. Almost as bizarre as being Amy Klobuchar's campaign manager. Or um, almost as bizarre as getting blocked, preemptively blocked by a former coworker who you never had any negative experiences with. Almost as bizarre as a Chinese company who you left a bad review for just folding and uh, disappearing into thin air. And almost, well, it's really not bizarre. The fact that I have not had sex yet this year, that, that doesn't really fit into the overarching theme. Um, the Scott Farrell book is going uh, nowhere currently. I did not do anything this week. I was thinking about maybe doing something tonight. I decided instead I'm going to watch a movie. So you'll just have to wait. I'm about 25% of the way done. I'm doing my best. That's all I have for you today. 45-ish minutes. We're going to get that music queued up courtesy of yours truly um thanks everyone for listening again you know how to contact us if you have any questions comments concerns uh be on the lookout in the next probably two weeks or so um if you donated to the pledge drive uh, telethon fundraiser ten dollars or more including our topaz elite members uh, and we're going to be getting some of those guests on soonish for their one-on-one interviews we'll have the birthday podcast in two weeks here um we will be getting matthew fiedler on the podcast at some point in the next six weeks for our taxes special and you know he's going to have a lot to say with this market volatility as well um because he's also our stock market specialist so that's what we have uh thanks everyone for listening Hope you have a good week. Let's get that music playing. Be nice to everyone. Uh, Enjoy this nicer weather. And uh, yeah, we'll check in on you next time.